Hey everyone, Devin Leishman of Origin Ventures here. We recently made an investment in Backlot Cars, a Kansas City-based marketplace that allows auto dealers to buy and sell used cars at wholesale online. Without using Backlot Cars, dealers still have to travel to physical auctions to buy and sell their inventory to other dealers. Justin's company is disrupting a very traditional industry that he knows backwards and forwards with a marketplace designed to make auto dealers' lives easier. Justin and I talk about his background, Backlot's business model, what he looks for in an investor, and more. Enjoy. Okay, we now welcome on Justin Davis, CEO of Kansas City-based Backlog Cars. Hi, Justin. Hey, how are you? Doing really well. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you just want to tell the audience a little bit about uh, who you are, uh, what is Backlog Cars, and what's the problem you're solving, that'd be great. Sure. So Justin Davis, founder and CEO of Backlog Cars. We are an online marketplace for auto dealers. So we provide a trading platform for car dealers to buy and sell used inventory uh, without having to go to physical auctions. Okay. So yeah. So without having to go to physical auctions, I think that's the key piece. So, so uh, for those who don't know, can you drill down a little bit and talk about how it, how it works without using backlog cards? Sure. So I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. So you as the consumer, when you go buy a newer used car from a car dealership, most of the time there's a trade-in that's involved in sort of the deal process. And at the time of trade-in, that dealer is actually taking risk on the inventory and they're owning that inventory. And it may not uh, or may fit their mold on what they sort of sell on their lot. Mm -hmm. um, on the example of you going and buying a new Toyota, sure. maybe you have a, a 2004 Taurus that you're trading in. Well, this Toyota dealer is not necessarily going to keep that car on his lot. Okay. Um, because it's just not part of this brand strategy and not part of their their sales goals. Right. Um, so today they have two channels to sort of liquidate this inventory. One of those are physical auctions. So these are physical spaces. Each city has a couple. Yeah. They actually have to transport the cars there. They have to go out, check the vehicles. They have wow. to stay for the live auction. Um, dealers from around the region actually come in to attend uh -huh. the auction, and it's a weekly event. Wow. Uh, so super time consuming. Uh, a lot of expenses mm -hmm. and, you know, just not really an efficient model because it's really, really hyper local. Sure. Um, so that's, that's one channel that mm -hmm. dealers sell their inventory. The other is through actually local networks. Okay. So I know you, you know me. I pick up the phone and say, Hey, Devin, I just got this car on on trade. What will you give me? Got Again, it. it's very, very localized and really, right. um, the, the, their network is the extent of the, how deep their Rolodex is. Totally. Yeah. And it's not so scalable too, right? I mean, you know, whatever, eight dealers, and then if none of them want the 2004 Taurus, you're out of luck. Exactly. Okay, yeah. cool. And then you're stuck from back back to square one. Oh, I have to take the car for the right. auction. Yeah. You know, it's a roll of the dice if it's going to sell. You know, the buyers there uh -huh. have to go check out the cars themselves. So yeah. there's a lot of risk and cost there as well. That's, it's, it, to hear that in 2018, to me is wild. The fact that it's, you know, all this is still done in physical auctions with dealers showing up. And so, you know, it's, it's say I'm a dealer and, you know, I, I, I drive to, you know, an in-person auction once a week. I spend, I don't know, two, three hours there. What if I don't get the car I want? I just, I just wasted that time. Like it was, Exactly. And as small yeah. business owners, yeah. these guys are wearing multiple hats at once. Right. Generally, they're the owner, the operator, the sales guy, 
oftentimes they're running the cars around to the different shops to get the cars uh-huh. repaired. So they really, really have to be successful when they attend these physical auctions. And it's a huge waste of time because they've essentially shut down shop yeah. in order to go buy cars. Wow. And so they have to be really, really successful at vehicle acquisition. Uh-huh. Cool. Okay. Well, so, so yeah, so I can definitely, even me not knowing anything about uh, buying and selling used cars, how there's an opportunity there to disrupt, you know, the status quo and kind of, you know, bring some of that online. So, so how does, how does Backlog Cars do that? So we provide an end-to-end solution for both our buying and selling dealers. So our selling dealers today are your large franchise dealers, the people with the franchise tags, Toyota, Ford, Mm -hmm. GM, whatnot. Yeah. These people take in lots of trade-ins, as you can imagine, and oftentimes they're not keeping a lot of these cars. So they need to liquidate inventory and sell that inventory off in order to get cash to buy the cars that will sell on their lot. Okay, sure. Um, So we provide a a very, very seamless experience for them. Watch, we actually have an inspector network that will go out to their lot on a weekly basis or multiple times a week to inspect the inventory. Um, The hardest thing our dealers really have to do is hand us the keys and we take care of the rest. Yeah. Uh, So we'll do a full vehicle inspection on the car, Mm -hmm. list the damage inside and out. And then what's unique is we're actually doing road tests and mechanical checks on all the vehicles that are posted on backlog cars. So we provide the mechanical yeah. check and integrity check on each vehicle uh, prior to being posted to our marketplace. Awesome. Um, once that vehicle's, uh, the vehicle inspection is complete, mm-hmm. that vehicle is instantly live on our marketplace, back out cars, where yeah. buying dealers from across our, our network can uh-huh. begin making offers to the selling dealer. Wow. Uh, yeah. it's. I mean, that's, that's sort of exactly the solution you would build if you were trying to solve the problem of dealers going to live auctions or limited by their network, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so, so, and then, so say I'm a buying dealer and I buy a car, um, you know, but it's, it's, it's in a dealership, I don't know, four hours out of Chicago where I am. Yep. You, you guys handle transportation too, right? We're, we're full stack. So, yeah. you know, like our, for our selling dealers, we're an end-to-end solution. It's the same with the buying dealer. So when a buying dealer finds a car they're interested in backlog cars, Anywhere in our network, mm-hmm. we're able to provide transportation services to that buyer. So within three days, mm-hmm. we're guaranteeing a drop-off uh, at the buying dealer's location. Obviously, within reason, because yeah. there's some definite funky routes out there. Sure. But that's sort of been our average, which yeah. um, is is pretty great for our buying dealers. Because now, as opposed to just buying on a hyper-local level, mm-hmm. now they have access to our entire network. Awesome. And are able to get inventory that was pre-inspected uh-huh. that backlog car stands behind, you know, at a very, very right. reasonable price and very fast. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like you guys just take a lot of the work off of the shoulders of the actual dealers, both on the buying side and the selling side. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, our cool. mission is to make wholesale easy so dealers can be more successful. So very our cool. core focus is yeah. making it easy um, and, you know, making sure our dealers are successful because, mm-hmm. you know, that's who drives our business. Awesome. Makes sense to me. So, so let's talk about you for a second. So how did, how did you get into building this business? What's your background? So I grew up in and around the automotive industry. So my father owned a number of franchise dealerships in the Atlanta area. Yep. Um, so I grew up, you know, working, you know, working on the car lot, you know, picking up cigarette butts, hustling <laughs> sales guys with candy money <laughs> and, and whatnot. So I've been around the industry, you know, my entire life. Um, in the early 2000s, he actually sold his uh, dealerships um, to a, another dealer in Atlanta and then went back to his roots of wholesaling cars. So acting as sort of okay. a market maker, yeah. buying from dealers, selling to dealers, and either buying from dealers and selling at auctions. Okay. Uh, so at that point, I was introduced to the sort of the physical auction space. Right. Um, 
following uh, college, I graduated from the University of Kansas. I actually mm-hmm. um, started working for the world's largest auction house, Mannheim Auctions, which is owned by Cox Automotive, sure. Cox Enterprises. So I was with them for about five years. Um, so obviously, I have deep industry experience and you know, growing up in the industry and then obviously right. working for the the world's largest auction house. Yeah, seeing how the auction side of it actually works. So, exactly. So is it, you were just kind of, you you were at Mannheim and, you know, basically saw, hey, I think there might be an opportunity here to take this digital? For sure. So I, I, I understood, um, and as I got into the auction industry, you know, I started to understand the economics, both on the dealer side and the auction side, mm-hmm. and sort of realized very, very quickly that the, these auctions were maybe not the most efficient model for uh, for dealers to buy and sell inventory. Yeah, and you know, more importantly, the economics. I mean, these physical auction houses almost take as much of the car's value as some of the dealers are making on the retail side. Got it. Okay. And all they're doing is simply providing an online market a marketplace for the dealers right. to exchange and a clearinghouse to, you know, sort of transfer title and transfer funds. So yeah. I knew there had to be a better way. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, again, just, you know, building the right model and mm-hmm. uh, building the trust with the dealers and, you know, making sure they knew they would be successful. Certainly. Yeah. And and if you're not comfortable sharing this, that's okay. But you guys just take a standard cut of every car sold or every dealer signed. How does it work there? Yeah. So we have a flat transaction fee for, sure. our, for our buying dealers. So we're okay. super transparent. The physical auctions, believe it or not, don't even display their cut that they're going to be taking on the vehicle. So it's Got sort it. of a roll of the dice on what you would be paying. Right. Um, the max or dealers are going to pay on backlot cars is two, a $250 transaction fee, yeah. which is probably the most reasonable in the industry. Yeah. Uh, in addition, I mean, we make money through transportation, mm-hmm. obviously getting that vehicle back to the dealer's lot. Yep. And then we have an inventory finance program where we're extending lines of credit to our buying dealers. Oh, awesome. Sort of as a form of a private label credit card just to buy on backup cars. So we really yeah. hit the two main pain points for our buying dealers, mm-hmm. which is Access the capital to buy inventory, yep. and then also access to the right inventory yeah. that will sell well on the lot. Makes sense. That's interesting. Was that was that sort of um, the credit line piece? Was that your intention the whole time to build it? Was it really like let's land these, uh, you know, land these buying dealers, and then kind of land and expand from there? Like, like was was this always the plan? Is I guess what I'm asking. So as the marketplace was started, mm-hmm. you know, we would notice some of some of these things that we would you know, run up to, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, the other institutions and, and whatnot. And we sort of understood that, okay. wow, this piece of the puzzle is sort of broken too. Got it. And, okay. you know, honestly, it was sort of a, a, a way to, you know, scratch our own itch right. and to, you know, yeah. further serve the dealer. And the same goes with the transportation piece. We knew that, you know, this was going to be a significant pain point in yeah. people transacting. Uh-huh. And so we knew, again, going back to our mission of making sure. the wholesale process easy, you know, if we can make that mm-hmm. part of the, the process easy, you know, dealers yeah. would be more more open to coming and doing business with us. Yeah, and it's going to make you guys more successful working with them because it's you don't have these obstacles standing in the way of, oh, you know, we would buy way more on your marketplace, but we don't have the capital, right? Now exactly. you guys can basically finance that. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that's a good example of, you know, building a customer-centric business rather than saying, hey, you know, we're just going to do the transportation piece or we're just going to do, you know, the marketplaces. If you really say, hey, how can we solve all the problems that, you know, this specific customer set has, right. I think you, what we've seen is you end up being more successful that way, right? For sure. And, you know, you know, if we can deliver more success to our dealers and to ourselves, yeah. plus, you know, f- f- focus on the core liquidity on our marketplace. So, yeah. as you probably noticed, both the finance piece and our transportation piece 
help us sell more cars on the marketplace because we right. take down those barriers. So, exactly right. You know, any products or services, the, the two main things we think about before releasing those is one, does it add value to our existing buyer base mm -hmm. or selling base? And does it help us sell more cars and make a more efficient marketplace? Yeah, makes sense to me. So, so uh, obviously, you know, I, I imagine the dealers are, you know, thrilled to be working with you guys. But so on the other end of that coin, I mean, was there when you first started trying to disrupt this more traditional industry, you know, was there pushback from, you know, on the customer side, the supplier side? I mean, who, who, who is this business disrupting is, is my question. Right. So there is some pushback mm -hmm. uh, because this is changing pretty much the last piece of the industry that is yet to be disrupted by technology. Right. Um, believe it or not, dealers are still going to the auction lanes each week and touching and feeling the cars and test driving the cars. Yeah. Because a more transparent and easy way to do business hasn't really come up. Mm -hmm. um, there are some, you know, online platforms that have been sort of introduced to the market by the auctions. Yep. But the issue in the past is these marketplaces, online marketplaces, haven't delivered the same success as what they've experienced in person. Got it. Okay. So there hasn't been necessarily a high adoption rate in mm -hmm. the past for that reason. Okay. Um, so dealers are definitely skeptics. Mm -hmm. They're the biggest skeptics. Right. But they're also willing to give something a chance. Um, you know, as the automotive industry has evolved, starting with bringing the cars online, mm -hmm. you know, they used to advertise solely on newspapers and there was people that held out and didn't want to move to an auto trader or cars.com. Yeah. But they've seen how the internet has like increased their reach mm -hmm. and, you know, help them increase their business. So dealers now are a lot more open right. to change because they understand, Hey, you know, the internet can all, almost help me in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. And with backlog cars. This is providing value on both the buy and sell side that, you know, no other internet company in the automotive space is truly delivering uh -huh. to them today. Um, so they're a lot more open to it. Yeah. With regards to the businesses we're disrupting are these physical auctions. Sure. Um, so, you know, these are hyper-local businesses. Mm -hmm. they, they've served their purpose in the past um, on providing a clearinghouse and a place for people uh, to come and transact the dealers. Yep. Just as like a local market would. Um, but we're in the 21st century right. and the internet is here. And, you know, if the dealers are selling their cars retail online, they should be able to sell their vehicles wholesale online and also buy wholesale online. It, it's, I think that piece about the dealers, you know, sort of being skeptics is important because, you know, if you can make the economics of it make sense, like they almost have no choice, right? But to start selling, you know, via auction wholesale this way, right? It's For sure. What, yeah. So... Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the product and what you guys have built. And then I have a couple questions about, you know, building and scaling a company. So uh, in terms of where you guys are, so it's, you're based in Kansas City. It seems like you have relationships across the Midwest mostly for right now. Um, if you can pull back the curtain a little bit about, you know, what about the Midwest has been appealing to you and why is this where you've chosen to build your business? Perfect. So we started at Backlot Cars here in the Midwest and I'm the first time founder and I've never built and scaled a, a tech startup. So um, early on, I knew I needed a little help. So we actually went through an accelerator called 500 Startups in, yep. in Silicon Valley. And so that was really, really refreshing because I went out there, experienced mm -hmm. the valley, experienced what makes a lot of Silicon Valley companies magical. Totally. And raised venture capital when we came back to the Midwest. Yeah. And so we chose to build here in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. I mean, we wanted to build a cost effective and cost efficient business that was capital efficient. And 
really wanted to you know build something great here. Mm -hmm. Also, from a geographic standpoint, the Midwest is the center of the country. So as a marketplace, mm -hmm. it's it seems natural to move from the center of the country out sure. and you know create you know a marketplace that's moving you know, in all directions versus just one direction. Let's use that as a segue here and talk about your approach to raising VC and capital. So I, I, I wonder as a first time founder, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you know which investor, which investors, uh, excuse me, which investors to approach? How do you know which investors are going to be the best partners and, you know, provide the most efficient capital for your business? Right. So we were fortunate, you know, going through 500 startups to get a lot of mentorship from some really, really great investors yep. and people who have been there and done that before. Um, a lot of our investors and our advisors help us navigate those waters and help us form a strong, you know, strong group of investors really, really early on. Mm -hmm. um, and, and during our seed round and, you know, going forward through our Series A, we leveraged that network mm -hmm. to help us you know, get introductions and also screen possible investors and obviously back channeling, um, you know, who would maybe the you know, best fit. And, you know, if, if people um, were interested, you know, sort of what their experience was mm -hmm. on, on, um, on that investor. Um, but, you know, when we look at different investment partners, yep. I mean, really we're looking on bringing together the best team that can help back up our scale and add the most amount of value um, over the mm -hmm. lifetime of the company. Um, obviously, you probably don't meet very many uh, VCs that understand the industry as deep as you know me or my co-founder Josh do. Right. But you know the the, the qualities we're looking for that we saw in Orchard specifically mm -hmm. is your 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 knowledge of marketplaces right. and being able to scale marketplaces on a geo by geo uh, basis. Mm -hmm. And that really intrigued us to you know choose Origin as one of our partners. With sure. Yeah. You're experiencing Grubhub and you know yeah. a number of other marketplaces. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's also obviously a big piece of our investment thesis is, you know, let's, let's use that to our advantage and let's find companies like Backlot that are trying to do this same sort of, you know, geo by geo expansion. So we can, you know, say, Hey, you know, we, we know what worked for Grubhub. We know what worked for some of these other marketplaces, the talks out there. And, you know, let's, let's, let's try to apply some of the same frameworks that, that worked for other companies over to these new and growing marketplaces. Exactly. Um, so a couple more questions here. So, um, you know, when we talk about kind of scaling a company, I mean, it's, it's, how do you, I guess I'm wondering, how do you make sure that you're able to scale efficiently and effectively as you add, you know, revenue and add new people and, you know, the complexities of the business increase, how do you do all that? And how do you build well? while also kind of maintaining, you know, the foundation and what made you, you know, attractive to an investor like Origin in the first place. Right. So we, again, going back to our capital efficiency, we were, we were really mindful when we add new bodies to the organization. Right. We're really focused and, you know, working with our engineering team on giving our people what we call superpowers, right? Making people more efficient and, you know, doing things that, you know, they maybe weren't able to do without, you know, having technology. So we've been able to, you know, remain lean and mean and be very, very capital efficient. In addition, you know, we try to target A players, right? We want A people on the team, builders that don't don't mind rolling up their sleeves, getting their hands dirty and building. Yeah. Um, you know, combining that with some of the engineering resources, we've really had success mm -hmm. um, on scaling scaling the organization nicely. Um, super excited to continue to do, you know, roll more geos this year and you know continue to yeah. run that playbook. Definitely. I, I, I like that phrase, giving people superpowers. It sounds like that could be, you know, 
maybe one of your company values as you keep growing and start thinking about that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, can, can you give me an example of, of you know, how, how, how you help enable your talent and give them superpowers? Ah, for sure. So, you know, thinking through, I mean, we're obviously making sure that, you know, each title is clean on the car. And, yeah. you know, for every car we sell, we have a physical title that comes in and we have to process each one. Mm-hmm. So it's under, better understanding the process that our, our, our title team runs on a daily bit basis and how do we essentially make that more effective and yeah. streamline that process and you know harness technology to make them you know 10x more productive than someone who didn't use right. technology sure and you know with the advancements and you know di- different different technologies we're able to sort of do that yeah makes sense to me um cool so i mean final question here is you know what's what's on the immediate horizon for you guys what do you see when you look out i don't know for the next quarter or six months, what's next for you guys? Uh, market expansion. Yeah, so, you know we're we're in the Midwest, having great success in the Midwest, have great liquidity, and uh, you know lots of dealers are happy. In fact, lots of dealers have signed up outside of the Midwest, and yeah. you know, in, in in some of the West markets and also Southeast markets, um, asking us to come come mm-hmm. uh, to their region. Just have heard from word of mouth, which yeah. is which is uh, really really flattering. So. Uh, we're giving the dealers what they want. It's yeah. a better way to buy and sell cars and you know, staying true to our mission mm-hmm. um, of making wholesale easy and just continuing to drive uh, market expansion. That's great. And it's, uh, it's you know, as an investor, it seems like you guys are doing a great job of it. So uh, we hope you keep it up. And uh, thanks for joining us, Justin. Uh, really appreciate it. Justin Davis, uh, CEO of Backlog Cars. Thanks, Absolutely.